Hey there, it's Craig from the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. We're halfway into January, halfway into our first month of the new year. I hope your year is going fantastic. This is going to be episode 189 from the Career Growth Made Easy podcast, Breaking Down Unconscious Bias. If you've never heard of unconscious bias or you're interested in what it is, stay tuned because you won't believe how it affects us from resumes to interviews to our daily lives, both personally and professionally. Breaking down unconscious bias is next. I was an engineer and in 2008 lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. We are rocking 189. That's episode 189, Breaking Down Unconscious Bias. Oh, I'm oh so excited for today's show because I recently had some really great conversations with some people in leadership as well as some of my one-on-one clients talking about things that will, uh, such as unconscious bias and how it affects us and how it affects you individually when it comes to looking for a job performance reviews, pay raises, all of the above. So we're going to talk about unconscious bias today. And if you're not familiar with it, we'll break it down in today's show. So have you ever heard, don't judge a book by its cover? That It's an old phrase. It's an old phrase, admittedly. But what we're talking about is don't judge something by its outward appearance. And all too often that happens to us when it comes to looking at people, looking at situations. We make snap decisions. Our brains are kind of wired to analyze situations. And if somebody's involved in that situation, someone enters a room, we're analyzing it. We quickly go through a process that we may not even be familiar with happening. And it's that that quick response process. It's the fight or flight response. Do we have a threat among us? Is there something that could hurt us? Is it a fight or flight reflex that we need to process? If that person doesn't appear to mean us harm, such as a colleague, a coworker coming into an office or to a room for a meeting, then we're allowed to bypass that that concern and then break down and move into logical thinking. But immediately after that analysis takes place, what starts to happen? Our brains start to compare. Who are they? What do they mean to us? What role do they play? What are they wearing? How do they look? How are they walking? What's their posture like? There are so many other things that happens in our minds that we're not even aware of. Our brains are continuously scanning and looking at our peripheral for information, for those threats, for those worries or fears of confrontation. But this isn't a fearmonger episode, no. It's just nature. It's psychology of how our brains work. Now, are our brains faulty? No. That's their job to protect us from harm, protect us from danger, whether it's mental, physical, whatever the case may be. 
But after that, the brain has taken in so much information about the surroundings that it then starts to shift into that unconscious bias. What I believe is happening after studying and talking to doctors and doing a lot of research, what I believe is happening is our brain is classifying our surroundings, including the people around us. It is trying to classify them and categorize them and things around us into those categories to determine, again, is there fear? Is there a threat? Is there any concern? If no, what? where else have I seen this type of behavior? Where else have I seen a person like this or this exact person? What are they wearing? What are they carrying? Where do those things belong? Where have I seen them before? And so without knowing it, our brains are processing all the time. Even if we say, what are you thinking about? Nothing. You're just sitting there twist, you know, twizzling your hair and your fingers, you know, chewing on some gum, tapping a pencil on the desk, staring up at the ceiling, waiting for a meeting to start. What are you thinking about? That is not the case when you answer nothing. Just sitting there, just daydreaming. Your brain is running all the time, whether you know it or not, and then processing information in the background. So that's part of how I believe unconscious bias works. It's always analyzing situations and with those situations, people, and, and, and leading us towards either decisions or leading us down toward pathways that we might want to feel or think about a certain situation. So where does unconscious bias affect us? What are those potential effects? Well, let's start with, since this is Career Growth Made Easy podcast, let's start with resumes, Okay. Before you can apply for the job or most jobs, you'll need a resume. After that, if you get accepted and for an interview, you'll then have the interview portion. If you get hired, you'll then be reviewed on a hopefully cyclical basis, 30-day, 90-day annual basis. And all at all those times and even more, unconscious bias plays a role. Rewinding it back to the resume. Before your company that you're interested in applying for, they potentially may hire you before they've even heard of you, they're going to find your resume. With that, they're going to review your resume if your resume gets through the various software scanners out there called ATS, Applicant Tracking Systems. Your resume needs to be compatible, needs to be formatted properly, contain the right data, not contain certain things like graphics and charts, but also be full of valuable information, keywords that that hiring company is interested in. But that's a side note. Once your resume goes through any software scanning equipment, software programs, I guess you'd say, then it has the opportunity to be put in front of a human being. That human being may scan the resume for just a few seconds. You heard me right, a few seconds. They're not reading your resume. Let me reiterate that. They are scanning. Now, Craig, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? This is 2024. Did you have too much holiday punch? No, no, I didn't. I've talked to dozens of hiring companies, human resource professionals, hiring managers, hiring personnel, as well as acting managers that would then, you know, be responsible for those people hired. And I've seen a consistent theme when we've talked about resumes, interviews, job performance, Even with recruiters, some will mention this online if you do some additional research. When a resume is scanned, the first thing we're doing is scanning it for visual appeal. Does it look pleasing to the eye? And that's the first part of where unconscious bias comes from. Our eyes don't want to see mess and clutter typically. If we see that, if there's too much information on a resume, too many words, too little white space, it's very common to have a resume discarded or not be reviewed for a further uh, opportunity for an interview. 
Again, your resume may have passed that applicant tracking software step of scanning, but the human eye, somebody rejected it or declined it for further advancement because its visual appeal was lacking. It was too cluttered. It was too busy. Now, maybe that's not an unconscious bias directly, but I will tell you what is. Unconscious bias happens when we see something and relate it to something else, unknowingly judging or comparing it against something. Let me see if I can find the exact definition of it. I'll pause and be right back with you. Okay, I'm back through the power of the pause button and digital recording. Here's one example of unconscious bias defined on the website, on a website through a Google search. Unconscious bias is when we make judgments or decisions on the basis of our prior experience, our own personal deep-seated thought patterns, assumptions, or experiences. So a couple key words there, unconscious bias, judgments or decisions being based on prior experience or personal deep-seated thoughts, patterns, assumptions, or experiences. So what does this mean? Seeing something on a resume that you disliked and not even as a hiring manager or recruiter and not even realizing it, but you discarded that resume. That could have been your or my resume. Here's a perfect example. Having your address on your resume used to be the normal status. It used to be required. We're now as resume coaches and as career growth coaches recommending in many cases against having your address on your resume. Let's say, and this is just a silly example, but to prove a point, let's say that uh, there was, uh, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so Nightmare related to Elm Street, got it? And your address is 1234 Elm Street and then whatever city and state. It could be that that person doesn't like scary movies. It could be that person had negative experience as a child, but that unconscious bias stayed with them. They don't like scary movies, they don't like Nightmare on Elm Street, and they don't like Elm Street. They might not even know it. And then they see your address and that unconscious bias kicks in. Hence the name unconscious. We don't do it intentionally. And the resume gets discarded. Now, it sounds kind of funny. It almost sounds kind of untrue. But these are real examples of things that have happened. Now, to emphasize this, excuse me, to emphasize this further, with regards to the unconscious bias, one of the points I talk about in my resume masterclass is that there were two studies performed and we discuss how unconscious bias affects people and affects resumes. I'll give you an example of what one of the studies was that I referenced in my course. The same content on a resume was generated, but the names and addresses of the people were changed. The company running this test that submitted resumes to, for an open position at another company, and this is like a, uh, a resume research company doing a study. And when they submitted the resumes, again, the content was the same, the work history, the education, but the names changed and the addresses changed only, the physical addresses. It turns out that a majority of the resumes that were accepted for interviews were from the people that had addresses closer to the hiring location. It's possible that during these studies, they learned that people at the hiring company through unconscious bias once again said, well, these two candidates seem uh, seem equal in strengths and abilities. They'd both be good hires. But rather than pick one over the other because, you know, uh, you know, we'll just take a guess. What else could we evaluate? Hmm. 
well, one of the addresses farther away, we're going to assume that that address makes it takes a lengthier time to drive to our facility. They may eventually, we're making this up now, may eventually run into traffic. Um, down the road, gas prices may increase. They may want to ask for more money because they can provide the same value as this other candidate, but this other candidate's closer. This is an example of unconscious bias taking a role. If candidates that had equal opportunity or equal capability, should I say, as far as background education abilities applied, and the one that was closer, or the the ones that were closer in this example, this study, received more interest, that goes to show you that although both were qualified on a technical level, on an education-based level, an ability level, the ones that were closer got more attention. It doesn't mean this is going to be the way with every business out there, but that study certainly confirmed it. So now here we are in 2024, and even in 2023, the recommendations were coming in to remove your physical address. It simply isn't important. Many of the roles out there are remote, work from home, or AWL, alternate work location, and your physical address doesn't matter. You can perform your activities from nearly anywhere in the world now with a strong with a strong wireless connection or a strong wired connection, you know, networking, and you'd be good to go. So as long as you can accomplish your tasks, let's remove some of those barriers that would cause us to be affected by unconscious bias. Here's another example, and I'll move off of resumes after this. It's the year that you graduated your education, your high school, your college, your degree. After we get experience in the job industry and we start to have 10, 15, 20 years of experience, it is completely acceptable to remove the year you graduated and your um, education records, remove the, the year time frame, the year range from those. The fact that you completed those activities, completed that education, what's important, it's not when. Why do you say that, Craig? Because, once again, unconscious bias bias rears its ugly head. If you say you put down that you graduated a certain um, uh, class in 1990-95, now we're in 2024, immediately someone can start to assume your age. That's true. Some people have got out of high school and college earlier. There were those that took dual enrollment courses. There's a number of things that we could we could discuss here and kind of contemplate. But in the end, if you graduated high school or college or some other type of trade school degree in the 90s, one can automatically assume adding 15 to 20 years, you know, or at that age of 15 to 20 years at a minimum plus an hour in 2024 puts you at a certain age range. We shouldn't be biased by someone's age. We should be looking for their skill sets, their capabilities, the value they bring to a job. So that's enough about resumes. But but talking more about today's show, the breaking down unconscious bias. Also, it affects us when we walk into rooms. It affects us when we're interviewing. People judge us based on the way we're dressed, the way we look, the way we do or do not make eye contact, how confidently we walk. There are so many things that affect us with unconscious bias that almost seems impossible to get ahead. What I can tell you is it's not impossible. We just have to be made aware that we're always being interviewed. We're always being witnessed. We're always being watched. And I don't mean in like a creepy kind of way, okay? But we don't even know, but we're reviewing each other in our households, our families, our children, our friends, our spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends. We're 
You're continuously processing and recognizing things. You're likely to know when something's going to happen based on habit. In a way, that habit is kind of like an unconscious bias breakdown. You're already assuming something is going to happen or something, some type of activity, some type of behavior is going to happen from past actions. People are like that in your work environment as well. Okay, here comes Craig again. You know, he's always going to talk about his podcast, jokingly. Or here comes Craig. He likes to sit in that third chair. He thinks that's his chair. And you know what? Because human beings like repetition, we like patterns, you might be right. I might actually go and sit in that third chair, that corner chair, whatever it is. But that's part of that unconscious bias playing. It's analyzing and predicting or making assumptions or judgments based on situations that have happened in the past. So try to switch things up in your life if you're interested in change. Try sitting somewhere else. Try walking a different pathway in your office. Try doing these things. When it comes to when it comes to interviews, Don't let unconscious bias hurt you. Update your resume. Potentially remove some of that content we talked about. Your address, for one, is a strong reminder, but also then to any of the years of your graduation, especially if you're experienced and have a number of years in the job force, in the career field. But then also with interviews, unconscious bias. Be aware that people may be looking at you, processing the past candidates, looking at you in ways that maybe you weren't expecting, thinking, where have I seen this behavior before? Oh, I'll bet you because of this, they're going to act this way. Answer those questions, break down those barriers, and try to provide them with as much quality, as much value in your interview as possible so that you're breaking down that bias and showing them you're different, you're special. There's a reason why they're interviewing you. There's a reason why you updated your resume and were able to win the interview. Then once you're in the job force, and maybe you're there now and you're not looking to interview or find a new job, remember unconscious bias plays a role. We're always looking at people, especially when they come into rooms. If they're, are they flustered when they come into a meeting room? Do they come running in and sweaty? The first thing they do is make, make an apology. Well, if you're seeing that pattern of someone always making an apology, apologies can turn into excuses. And now your mind starts to think of this person as someone that has excuses all the time. That's a perfect example of unconscious bias. It's things that have happened in the past and your brain, your body are trying to predict what's going to happen next. That then leads people into thinking about the values you have, the values you bring to the table when it comes to your performance, your capabilities at work. It's not a show to talk about second-guessing yourself, no. It's a show to make you aware that we're continuously interviewing and reviewing and uh, analyzing our situations. That's what our brain does. And the fact that this unconscious bias is there, in a way, uh, negatively or unfairly scanning and reviewing our environments. So maybe you'll realize next time your unconscious bias trigger goes off, and you'll catch it, be aware of it, And take the opportunity to correct a wrong or correct something. Maybe make a different pathway that your unconscious bias was forming you to take. And you stopped and said, you know what? Because I've gone down the stairway every time and never run into anybody and I want to network, I'm going to take the elevator this time. I'm going to use a different stairway. I'm going to take a different pathway. I'm going to make some changes so that I don't predict the same results, that I change things up. Maybe give my unconscious bias a little, you know, shock to the system. Hope you've enjoyed today's show, number 189 for the new year on Career Growth Made Easy, breaking down unconscious bias. If you've liked these stories, they've helped you kind of open up to understand that you can be affected by unconscious bias on your resume, interviewing it in the workforce, let alone in your personal and private lives. Drop me a note. I'm available at Craig Ansel, C-R-A-I-G-A-N-C-E-L for Facebook Meta 
Instagram, LinkedIn, and also Craig at CraigAnsell.com for email. I'm happy to hear from you as well as see your reviews on Apple, Spotify, or any other player. I'd appreciate your honest and open feedback. Thank you for not letting your unconscious bias judge me. And I look forward to talking to you next week with some new hot tips for 2024. God bless. See you later.